my husband wound up losing his job. Mm. And so it was a financial crisis. Yeah. And in that financial crisis, that was when the, um, the home market plummeted. Mm. So we got caught in that mess too. Oh, man. So we wound up losing a home. And a friend of ours who is maybe, he's 84 now. Wow. He told us, just stay in the word. Wow. And so that's what we did. Mm. Life was hard during that time. But he's like, David, Gloria, stay in the word. Mm. And God was faithful through that. Welcome to Cheer Chat. This is Lena. I'm here with my friend Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Hi, everyone. And I've known Gloria for about two years now, I'd say. I think you started coming to Missio. About a year and a half. Okay. Oh, it is going on two years. Yeah. Right it around is. the church plant. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. you've just always <laughs> been such a friendly, easygoing, easy to talk to lady. So I was like, I have to have Gloria on. I have to hear her story. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Um, so yeah, let's start. Let's talk about it. Let's tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your life. Well, um, I was born in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. My parents moved to New York when I was six, so I grew up in Brooklyn. Wow! And um, I always say you can take a girl out of. Brooklyn, but you can never take the Brooklyn out of the girl. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm always, I will always be a New Yorker. Um, I moved to Waukegan in my early 20s. Okay. Or no, in my tw- I was 20 when I moved to Waukegan, and that was a culture shock. Yeah, a little so, bit different. <laughs> <laughs> very different at the time because that was a long time ago. Yeah. And um, here I am. So, but um, I met my husband in Kenosha. Okay. And coming to the church in Kenosha, and that's how I wound up in Kenosha. Nice. Cool. So I've been here for about 27 and a few months, okay. years. <laughs> Is that how long you've been married? or I've been married for about? 27 years. It was 27 in October. Nice. October 31st. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You. And you got two boys, right? And I have two sons, and Jordan, who's 24, just turned 24. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, who's 22. Oh, very nice. So you said you were born in Puerto Rico. Um, how long did you live there? Uh, till I was six. Six, okay. Actually, my parents moved just before I turned um, seven. Okay. And when you were growing up, did, did you grow up in the faith at all? or No. Um, when My dad actually was already in New York. He mm-hmm. used to go to Puerto Rico for a few months. Oh, out of gotcha. the year. Okay. So when he moved to family, I remember we started going to a Lutheran church. Oh, okay. And that did not last very long because my dad did not last very long. He oh. was gone um, within a month, I think, hmm. of him moving us to New York. He he moved on with his life, let's wow. put it that way. So after that, some Christian people, Pentecostal people started mm-hmm. visiting my mom, but that did not last long either. Mm-hmm. So eventually we started going to the Catholic Church. Okay. So you could say I grew up Catholic. Okay. And that was my first foundation of understanding more about God and building a faith. Mm-hmm. If, um, so I always, growing up Catholic, it's like my mom taught us about God and mm-hmm. that. 
but sh- we also learn about all the other saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so we grew up, you know, praying to God plus the patrons, all, all the patrons, you know, St. Martin for this and the other one for that. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but I always had this love for God. Yeah. And I remember as a little girl um, going to a local church. It was, I remember the street, like down the block, around the corner, a couple of blocks. Mm-hmm. And just going there like in the morning before school mm-hmm. and just, you know, praying. And um, eventually, that was when I was nine or 10 years old. When I was 16, I had, I have two brothers who were already Christians. Mm. So they visited, one of them lived in Chicago and the other one lived in New York. And they visited my mom and they invited us to church. Okay. So my sister, my mom and myself, we went with my brother, my brothers and their wives to church. It was again, a Pentecostal Spanish church, very legalistic. But nonetheless, God started working mm-hmm. in our lives there. Yeah. So my mom came to the Lord after hearing a sermon at that church, and she just said, "Well, now this is where we're going to go." Yeah. So we did not keep going and continue going to that church because it was in a different borough. Mm-hmm. It was well, it was still in Brooklyn, but a different section of Brooklyn, so it was pretty far. Okay. Gotcha. So we started going to my grandma, my grandmother's church, and um. There, I came to faith at 16, but they were very legalistic. Mm. Was it the similar kind of Pentecostal background then? It was or? a Pentecostal yeah. background, so women could not... With a woman, everything was the outward appearance. You can wear pants, no makeup, no this, no that, no... Right, right. Don't cut your hair. And if you did any of that, then you were not a believer. Mm. So there was no discipleship, even though I was going to Sunday school and I was beginning to get introduced to the Word. Mm-hmm. All the discipleship was based on my outward appearance. Mm-hmm. So that didn't get me anywhere. And then when I moved to Waukegan... I started going to another Pentecostal church with my um, aunt's niece mm-hmm. from her husband on her husband's side. And she started showing me love as a friend. Mm. So that also started turning a corner for me because now I was being accepted. Yeah. Even though it was the same type of church, she was loving me for who I was. Mm. But still the church was, you know, this. these are what you have to do and what have you. So... There was still I was still living my life the way I wanted because right. I didn't know any better. Right. Yeah. And this was too comfortable and these rules were really hard to do. Yeah. Um, but then when I was 23, my brother, my brother, one of my other brothers, I have six brothers. <laughs> so brother <laughs> number, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, invited me to church with his wife. Okay. And this was an assembly of God. It was Calvary Assembly. Okay. So it was no longer a Spanish-speaking church. It was mm-hmm. um, an American church. And all those outward appearances went out the window. Mm-hmm. And it was there because it wasn't like I was not doing drugs and this and that. But, you know, I was going out with friends and after work. And there was always a void. No matter what I did for entertainment, yeah. I had a void. Yeah, And I couldn't get rid of that void. And when I was... 23, and I went to church with my brother that one particular time, I just decided, I don't want to live like that anymore. Yeah. You know, and I really submitted my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. 
And then that's when things began to change. And I started feeling, you know, accepted by the church, first yeah. of all, and learning more about the Word and reading the Word. I was already reading the Word earlier on, yeah. but I was reading more. And um, the Lord kept moving me forward, yeah. in a sense. And eventually, you know, you fast forward, and I met David, my mm -hmm. husband, and he was going, we met at First Assembly here in Kenosha okay, when yeah. it was on Persian Boulevard. Yeah. So um, at the time, he was more grounded in the Word than, than I was. Mm -hmm. And um, so he started showing me some of the things in the Word um, that were in contradiction to what the Pentecostal churches believed. Mm, okay. And um, But I started falling more in love with the Word. Yeah. And then... You know, so we got married. We have, we have, we had our two children. Mm -hmm. um, Jordan, I had two miscarriages before Jordan. Oh. So um, Jordan was a true miracle. Oh. You know, it's like I wasn't supposed to, without any help, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant or stay pregnant, wow. according to a specialist. But God um, did differently. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, along came Brandon, six yeah. months. Jordan was six months old oh. when I was pregnant with Brandon. And um, at the end of that pregnancy, I, I had to have an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And um, one, the last high, um, what is it they call it? High risk ultrasound. Yeah, yeah. And we found that Brandon had no amniotic fluid. <gasps> oh my gosh. So they had to move my C-section up like three days because they said we're not going to take chances. It was yeah. either going to be like like in the next hour if it's in distress. If it's not in distress, then um, you'll be here tomorrow morning. Okay. So I believe that was another miracle Yeah. that the Lord really God. protected these boys from the womb. Yeah. And I prayed for these boys um, from the time I was pregnant. Mm. It's like I committed them to the Lord. Yeah. So I I like telling them the story because yeah. I know that life gets hard. It does, yeah. And they need to know that God chose to have them here. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I remind them of that. So that's beautiful. Yeah, but it's then a real we, Psalm yeah. one thirty nine type of thing. There. <laughs> it is, and I, I I used to like to read that Psalm to them. Oh, and that's why I was telling you about the album that I put together for Jordan. Yeah. And that's one of the Psalms that I want, one of the verses mm -hmm. that I want to quote and, you know, as a dedication in that album to yes. him. Very sweet. But then, because I want to emphasize on the Word again, we had a situation, because I love the Word, but we had a situation um, where my husband wound up losing his job. Mm. And so it was a financial crisis. Yeah. And in that financial crisis, that was when the um, the home market plummeted. Mm. So we got caught in that mess too. Oh man! So we wound up losing a home, and a friend of ours who is maybe he's eighty four now. Wow! He told us just stay in the word. Wow! And so that's what we did. Mm. Life was hard during that time, but he's like. David, Gloria, stay in the Word. Mm. And God was faithful through that. Praise so God. God provided, God comforted us, strengthened yep. us, um, show, you know, spoke to us through the Word. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I look back 
And I'm like, you know, life, it, it was tough, but God always provided. Yeah. But I don't know that I could, you know, I don't know if I could have hung in there or if we could have hung in there without the word. Apart from it, yeah. And then apart from that trial, I don't know if I would have been where I'm at in my faith today. Right. Because sometimes it's a trial that takes you deeper into your faith. Yep. Absolutely. Very, very often (laughs) that is God's (laughs) method, right? Right. And that's such a testimony to, um, you know, we hear, you know, the Lord will provide and everything like that. And, but you don't know that until you have to endure through that trial and then abide in the word, you know, and trust in what he's promised, trust in his faithfulness. And the only way we can know that is from his word, like you were saying, um, and to have a faithful friend that pointed you to doing that. When you're going through a crisis and someone says, stay in the word, I don't know if I would. (laughs) I probably would be like, yes, I know, but I'm going through a crisis. And you know, and when he said that, it's like, I took him seriously. Yeah. You know, and one thing that I always like to do is read the word in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't mess with me in the morning. Give me my pot of tea, yeah. my Bible, <laughs> you know, a notebook, a pen, a pencil. Yep. You know, Missy Day got me using pencil, pencil instead of yeah, highlighters and sure. pens in my Bible. So it's like, okay. <laughs> and I taught the kids early on, you know, mom is going to read the Bible now. Yes. So I need this time. And they respected so that. Good. And to this day, they respect that. Yeah. And they got to see that. And they got to see that. It was a set-apart, important time for you. And I think um, both boys came to faith at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And you teach your kids very early on the gospel without right. watering it down, without spicing it up. Right. You just tell them what the gospel is. Right. You know, we celebrate celebrate Christmas. Why? Right. You know, Jesus was born. You know, and, and why was he born? And we celebrate Easter. It wasn't because of the Easter Bunny. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, Christ died for our sins, and we really instilled that in them. Mm-hmm. And then it comes a time in their lives that even though they still believe it, and they, um, you know, and they say they are a Christian because both of my boys profess to be Christians, Mm -hmm. but there has to come that time in their lives when they have to own it. Right. Yeah. You know, and I remember sitting at church one time and I'm not one of these people that say, God spoke to me. Sure, I gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sitting at church one time at, um, but it's now a journey. And I looked over, the boys were sitting over to my left and I looked over and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, they have to own this. Mm-hmm. It's like they cannot piggyback on my back or David's back anymore. It has to right. be theirs. Right. And then that's where it started that, you know, those teen years started coming in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it's so I saw where, you know, maybe their faith was being challenged. Yeah. But God is God is faithful. You know, right. you ingrain the gospel in their hearts mm-hmm. and in their mind when they're young. Yeah. And I believe it stays there because now um, Jordan is a testimony of that. Yeah, And I trust God that I will see that in Brandon, mm-hmm. um, living his life out for the Lord. Yeah. So, but it starts by them watching what we do. Mm-hmm. It does. And us teaching them. Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, similarly to your boys. 
and um, I went through rebellion in my late teens. Um, but the one thing, and I tell this to everyone, especially my friends who are in the trenches of teaching a four-year-old the gospel, and you're like, ah, <laughs> okay, I'll just do it. Um, but I, I always encourage my friends and uh, parents who maybe are going through a difficult time that I could never escape that foundation of truth that my parents had laid. I couldn't escape, um, you know, the blessing of that Christian heritage. Um, it was always, you know, I think of Romans when it says uh, how the unbeliever suppresses the truth and unrighteousness. You know the truth. You can't escape it. It's written on your heart as an image bearer, but also in a Christian home, you know what the word says as well. So right. no matter, I would just avoid at all costs. I used to, I joke around and tell my my friends that I would avoid listening even to like Caleb, which is not <laughs> really the best um, when it comes to Christian music, but I would just avoid it completely because I was like, I know what that's all about and I'm going to feel conviction and I don't want to. I want to rebel. But that is, I know for sure, the foundation of faith that my parents laid was what God used to draw me to himself. Um, and that foundation has to be laid so early. Yes. It's like the minute they're born, you know, through prayer, and when they start understanding words, right, and when they start comprehending more, then the gospel really has to lay, be laid in their hearts because... If you wait till they're five, six, seven, eight, it gets a little harder. Right. And if you wait, you know, I've heard parents say, "Well, we'll wait till that till they get older, and you know, they could choose. They're never going to choose Christ." Right, 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 right. You know, yeah. It it has to be laid in their heart, ingrained, yeah. yeah, very early on. So when the challenges in life come, when the convictions come, yes, we pray that they will choose Christ. And they have to. I mean, your boys saw you and your husband. They saw your affection for God in the midst of those very dark, difficult times and fearful times, too. It's important for your children to see that, you know, Christ being a Christian isn't just like a club on Sunday that we go to. It's every part of our life, and the Word saturates every part of our life, too. That's right. So it's just such an excellent witness, that an opportunity that parents have, especially. You know, and I think that's why, you know, I, I now that Jordan is older and— you know, he's in school and um, on his own and involved in church. I share those testimonies mm -hmm. with him yeah. to let him know that sometimes life does get difficult. Yeah. You know, and even today, Brandon was telling me some of the exciting things in his job and yeah. the bonuses that he gets. <laughs> and I'm like, thank God for that. Yeah. You know, that's a blessing. Thank him for Seriously. that. Seriously. You know, because we have to remember that, you know, we have to keep instilling in them. Right. And Brandon is at home. So I've been asking God to give me those opportunities yes, yeah. to, you know, speak life to him and speak about his goodness to him mm -hmm. because sometimes it's not easy when when they rebel yeah you know and i asked him the other day because um i asked him it's like what do you believe mm. and he told me mom i never changed my faith i never changed what i believed mm. you know so it's good to know but i would like to see him living it out yeah absolutely you know? But it has to be instilled so I cannot I cannot stress that enough with the hope that we have young moms listening. Yes. That you have to start praying for your children from the time they're conceived and continue on and teach them the gospel. Hmm. 
very early on yeah. and keep repeating it because each stage of their lives, they have more comprehension. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it can get, it gets deeper and more ornate and it's it's wonderful to see as they become their own little adults, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So you mentioned that you trained your boys early on. You were reading your Bible every morning and doing that. So this has always been a habit for you. You've always had the word first thing in the morning. Is that Have you gone through seasons where it's changed a bit for you or... You know, when I worked full-time, um, I still read the Bible in the morning, but then 10, 15 minutes. Sure, yeah. Um, but as my love for the Word grew, mm-hmm. the time grew. Right. And then um, when I was no longer working full-time, then the time, I was able to spend more time in the Word. Nice, yeah. So there was, you know, I always read the Bible from the, you know, especially from the, I would say from the time I was like 20, when I actually had my own actual Bible. Mm. Um, I I would read it in the car, read, you know, a chapter or something in the car before I drove off. Yeah. You know, and not really comprehending a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just reading it. Yeah. You know, and it was later that I started started comprehending more. Yeah. But it was just those little acts of faithfulness just to keep on reading it. And now I try I'm trying to learn how to be flexible because especially Sundays, you know, it's not always easy. Sometimes we have people coming over Sunday mornings when I just want to have my tea, read the Bible. <laughs> Yeah. And get ready for church. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have to, I'm trying to learn how to be flexible that sometimes yeah. things happen in the morning that I have to get going. Yeah. And that maybe I have to do it in the afternoon mm-hmm. or in the evening. But 99.9% of the time is like, it has to be in the morning before I do anything else. Mm. So um, have you seen how those all those years of steady faithfulness you know whether you're feeling like it or not have you seen that transform you in any tangible ways over the years or i think it has matured me as a person yeah i think it has calmed me down okay. especially over <laughs> um because i i tend to be a worrier mm, yeah and the word is only thing that will calm me down. Mm. So it's very true. Um, when things, when life happens that I tend to worry, I have to go to the Word. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't have the kind of memory some people have that say, you know, go to Philippians for go oh, for here, sure. go there, and, you know, chapter and verse. Mm-hmm, yeah. But when I need the Word to rescue me, those verses come to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, whatever verse I need it's will come there. to my mind or whatever I need to go to read. You know, I'm like, oh, I should go read that, yeah. you know. And it, it you know, and it, in, in marriage, you know, yeah. um, marriages are not perfect. We, marriage is something that if we want a good marriage, we have to work mm-hmm. at it. As wives, sometimes we have to be more flexible and maybe that's, comes because we have to be submissive. Mm-hmm. But I laugh because whenever I had a complaint about my husband for whatever reason, the verses that would come to my mind are verses that spoke to the wife. Yeah, like, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> it's like, be submissive, you know. Yeah. Um, 
the gentle choir spirit, which is, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord. All these verses. And I'm like, Lord, do you ever speak to him? Yeah, I know. (laughs) But that's how God uses the word to transform us. And he allows all these life events, whether it's with the kids or husband or work. And if we go to the word and the word speaks to us and convicts us, then then he's working in us. Mm -hmm. He's sanctifying us. Yeah. That's how he does it, through his truth, right? Mm-hmm. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, one thing I was going to say about the word, because right right now we're reading the Old Testament, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have to get through Leviticus and Numbers yeah. and Deuteronomy. Yeah. And, yes, those are, you know, some people find them boring. Sure. But throughout the Old Testament, one thing that always stands out to me is God's faithfulness. Right. You know, some people say, oh, but it's boring. What's the purpose of reading that? You know, but we see God's faithfulness that he, you know, he said, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And he does it. Yeah. He does. Keeps his promise to such horrible people. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think about those horrible people. Yeah. Even when I look at the gospel and those who rejected Christ. And I would like to think, I would like to think that. That would not be me. Right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But sometimes I have to wonder. It's like, no, I could grumble, Mm. you know, even in those times where we went through our financial situation and I saw God provide in so many ways, you know, how quickly we forget those times. True. And a new situation arises and we tend to like, what now? What do we do? Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that he is faithful. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd like to think that I would be different than the Israelites <laughs> or than the people who crucified and rejected Jesus, right, but yeah. probably not. No. You know, because it's such a good yeah, it's such a good image of who we are, who, you know, in our truest inward being. It is who we are and he's so kind to reveal the, our ugliness to us because I like you were just saying I like to believe that I'm not that ugly but um, I found with the Old Testament something that's helpful is to try my hardest to empathize with the Israelites and try to put myself in their situation with their fears and even just the context of what they know you know this is early civilization all they know is the all of them were born in the Egyptian um, was it an empire? I don't know. That's all they yeah, knew. Under the Egyptian rule. And that's true. That's a good point. A lot of those people in that generation, that is all they knew. Yeah. And it's very comforting to go back to what you know versus the unknown. Exactly. We're going to trust this God vast to desert. <laughs> this wilderness, you know, yeah. <laughs> a vast desert. And we don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. God says what's on the other side, mm-hmm. but we can't see it. Right. You know, so it's easier to go back to that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, and the fear and the anxiety, we all can relate to that in our lives. It just grips us. Um, But then immediately what God does for them is he writes his words down and he gives them through Moses. And he does the same thing to us. Like you've been saying this whole time, he's given us the cure for our anxiety and our fear. And how blessed we are that the whole story has been written and right. given to us in a book. Yes. You know, and that they, with the different versions and, and different languages. Yes. That, you know, 
we have no excuse for not picking up a Bible right. and reading it. Yeah. I'm reading it in Spanish, and I've never really yes. done a lot of reading in Spanish. Okay. Um, so at first it was a little harder because, okay. you know, I'm so used to my English Bible, yeah. my nasty. <laughs> but um, I'm in, really enjoying it. Good. Yeah, I'm really enjoying reading the Spanish version. Cool. And I have my nasty there in case I need to, some clarification or, okay. you know, or something. I have my English Bible next to me, but I'm really enjoying it. So for those of you who don't know, um, Gloria is very, very gifted <laughs> with language. You're an uh, interpreter. I'm correct? a Spanish interpreter. Yes. And I had the privilege of standing next to you at a wedding this last January <laughs> as you translated the entire thing. And it was just so beautiful and so well done. And Thank I think you. that's just an amazing gift. You think about um, you know, God calls people from every tribe and every tongue, and uh, there's got to be someone in there that unifies us on this earth a little bit, you <laughs> right. know, and it's just a, such an amazing gift when God gives people gifts of languages like that, so... I and wish you, know, you could display your talent <laughs> somehow, but we won't know, do I that. I pray that the Lord would use this in ministry in the church yeah. because I really do like interpreting, and I'm entering that other stage in my life of the R word, retirement. Oh, no. <laughs> but I really enjoy interpreting, so I'm hoping yeah. that the Lord opens up doors in that area. And let me tell you about interpreting. I was not always an interpreter. Okay. I grew up interpreting as a child because okay. your parents moved to the mainland, and um, they don't always want to learn the language. Okay. They get intimidated, yeah. Yeah. so they start using the children. Yeah. And when they moved to New York, there was no such thing as ESL or yeah. English as a second language yeah. or anything like that. You were submerged wow. submerged into the language. Wow. So you learn the language right away. As a child, you learn it yeah. immediately. So we become the parents' interpreters. And mm. then by the time you're 10, 11, or 12, you become the neighborhood interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> so I always wanted to be a Spanish interpreter. Yeah. But in between, I just worked like in the finance area and um, I worked in a bank as a teller. I worked for Abbott Laboratories as sure. a, an accounting technician. But my desire was always to be a Spanish interpreter. Mm. And the reason I'm saying this is because God hears our desires. Mm. Even when we don't express them in prayer, He knows the desires of our hearts. Yeah. And though I might have desired that even when I lived in New York and I would watch something that happened at the UN and sure. all those interpreters are in those booths. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. God, whole, you know, he, 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 he stores that. Yeah. Because I did not become an interpreter by applying for a job directly. Mm -hmm. um, David went to the police station to drop off a job um, application, and they told him, you are in the wrong office. Hmm. And I just said, do you guys use interpreters? <laughs> and he says, well, we don't hire them, but call this guy. <laughs> so I called the guy who owns an interpreting agency, Okay, and he told me, well, can you come in, like, you know, tomorrow and take the test? <laughs> okay, so I'm bilingual. I have no clue, no idea what interpreting um, services and yeah, what, what, what it that entails. entails. Yeah. So I'm like, sure. So I went in the next day 
and just took this test. Yeah. Well, part of the test included translation. Oh, okay. And um, that was a hard one because they um, test you on everything, like mm. your accents, everything. And oh, they were, wow. and then part of it was ethics. Now, huh. you're bilingual, so yeah, you think yeah. you could interpret well. No, part of the all these tests that you take have um, te- they test you on interpreting ethics, mm. and that you have to study yeah. because you don't know what those ethics really are. Yeah. So th- he told me, he says, "You know what? You almost passed the test." So next day I was working. Wow. So that's how I started my interpreting career. Wow! And then I think it was like nine years. No, not nine years later. Probably five or six years later, he says, "You know, you never took your oral exam." <laughs> By now, I've been interpreting a lot in a lot of different scenarios and specialties, and so I went and took the test, and this time I almost aced it. So. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say is that I had a desire. Yeah. That I, like I said, I really never prayed for it, but I had a desire, and God saw that desire in my heart. And when I least expected it, he landed it right on my lap. Yeah. It's amazing. Who are we that he's mindful of us in those little ways, you know? Right. Such grace and kindness towards us. And, you know, it came at a time because I worked full-time until Jordan was three, and I hated every minute of it Mm. because I cannot fathom my kids being at babysitter's houses, and it was home babysitters, Mm -hmm. um, to the point that I literally got sick. So I, you know, after two years, I had to quit my job, and Jordan was three, Brandon was 15 months. So this interpreting stuff came later when, um, when now they were in middle school. So I started working a little bit in the, in the school system. Okay. Um, because I started volunteering. That's another one. Yeah. I was volunteering and yeah. the gym teacher is like, you're here so much, you ought to get on the payroll. I said, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I got on the payroll as an educational assistant. So it worked out because my goal was to be around my kids. Yeah. And um, so I was with my kids, took them to school, took them home, only worked at the school um, that they went to. Just a couple of occasions I worked at at a different school, but it was like, I have to pick up my kids at this time, and that's the way it is. Nice. So when they were, um, I think Jordan was in eighth grade, and then I'm like, okay, it's time for me to venture out. Hmm. And that's when this interpreting thing came in. And then David had lost his job, so I was able to still work a little bit um, interpreting without being gone from home too much. Right, yeah. And you used your interpreting at the church that you, the kids grew up at, right? At Journey a little bit? I did. I interpreted there for um, probably a couple of years. Mm, Okay. That's really cool. Yeah, And and I enjoyed interpreting. It's it's a passion. I really enjoy interpreting. And I hope one day that our church has that need. Yeah. That, you know, we could have a couple of people, hopefully including myself, <laughs> to interpret. Yeah. Well, I would love that. I would love to sing in Spanish. You helped me so much. <laughs> and you did an awesome job. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm so thankful for yeah. those uh those required language credits I had to take in high school. <laughs> I would be lost. You, you did an awesome job. I told you you barely had an accent. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I did put it on a little bit, but I didn't want to like insult anyone <laughs> by putting it on too much. No, but you yeah. did good. You did really good. 
That was that was really fun to work on that with you when you translated that for me. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you, as usual. <laughs> um, one more question, just a fun one. I usually like to ask this at the end, but um, if you had to pick like one thing right now that you, is, your, is your favorite thing that you're really enjoying, something you're doing or reading or something like that, what would it be? Well, one thing that I really do enjoy is working out. Okay. I really do. Um, and it's funny how the phases of working out changes sure. as you age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because first you work out because you want to be in strong, you want to be in shape, you know, and all that. And then, you, you know, at this stage in life, I have to work out to keep everything moving mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. to stay strong. Yeah. You know, now I say, you know, I want to be able to get up if I fall. Yeah. But <laughs> but um, you start getting older and things begin to hurt a little here and there. And um, yeah. so I'm very, you know, I really thank God that I could still work out mm-hmm. and yeah. that I'm that I'm strong. But I really enjoy working out. I enjoy, you know, doing a circuit class that I do and then doing my own thing on the floor. Yeah. And um, just, you know, um, talking to people at the gym. Yeah, that's a nice you know, opportunity. Do you usually go at like the same time when you go um, home? Or? Not anymore. I used to when the kids were in school. Mm-hmm. I would drop them off and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So there was a group of people that we all knew each other. Oh, okay. So now it's different. But I still see people that I know on occasion. Cool. And on occasion I meet different people. Yeah. And there were, you know, there was a time, and I hope that there's a time again like that where God just had appointments, you know, that you start talking to people and the conversation goes to um, trying to help people focus on Mm -hmm. the Lord. Yeah. And that happened, you know, in the past it has happened. So now I'm trying to keep my, um, (laughs) now more so that we're being challenged to do that as our calling because it is to be alert, you know, of the people around us. Yes. Yep. You know, and to approach them with um, a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great. I had so much fun talking to you. Thanks for Me coming too. on, Gloria. You're welcome. This was really fun. Oh, I always, <laughs> I'll have you back whenever you want. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you a little break. But <laughs> yeah, well, well, give me a little break. And yeah. I'll, I'm sure there's somebody else out there eager yeah. to be here. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye.